Hi, I'm Molly, and welcome to Restaurant Recommendations with Foodism. This week, I had a very exciting morning on Thursday. I was, um, so if you're a reader of Foodism or a regular reader of Foodism, you will know that in each issue, we have our five dishes series where we basically profile a chef and they choose the five dishes that they feel have defined their career thus far. (laughs) And then we photograph them and we interview the chef about their career and the five dishes and why they've chosen them and how those kind of dishes came into being and why they're sort of significant to their career. And so we had that photo shoot and interview on Thursday morning and it was with... This is like a little, I'm like, oh, spoiler alert. (laughs) Sorry if you're waiting to find out. The wonderful Abby Lee, who is the chef and owner of Mambo, which used to be in Peckham and has now moved to Clapton. She's an incredible Malaysian chef. She cooks amazing Malaysian food. And I love doing this photo shoot because I always feel like such a scavenger. Like (laughs) they cook these beautiful plates of food and they like lay them out beautifully. And then um, our lovely photographer, Ian, does take these incredible photos on um, these colored backdrops. And then once that's all done, I kind of like sneak over and snaffle up all of the food and just hoe down all of their hard work. Um, But it was a particularly lovely one. I can't wait for readers to see the photos. They're gorgeous. And the food was amazing. She kicked things off with, oh my God, I feel like I'm like really giving away trade secrets, but it was just so yummy. I can't not talk about it. This incredible dish called Lawback, which was sort of a pork and prawn mixture rolled up inside a like tofu skin, like kind of bean curd skin and then deep fried. And the tofu skin just gets so beautifully crispy. Like watching them photograph it, I was like, oh, I just want to like, I just want to like sink my teeth into that. And I did afterwards and it was amazing. It was so good. It was like all of the amazing parts of like a classic pork and prawn dumpling. And Abby afterwards in the interview sort of spoke about how she originally put this on the menu because this sort of comes from the more Chinese side of Malaysia. So she felt like it was quite a good kind of introductory dish for people to sort of understand the flavors of Malaysian food. And oh, that crisp was just so good, so good. And when you see the photos, you will understand. It's like such a visceral dish. You just like want to eat it and my other little favorite bite of the day also can I just say that all of this was going on at like 9 30 in the morning so I'm like hoeing into all of this food for breakfast like barely awake and then the other dish that I loved was called otak otak prawn toast and again Abby kind of spoke about how this existed in like multiple different iterations on the menu over the years and this is like the fifth version of it and She's sort of made it more like a pate once and there's been various kind of styles of it. But this, I mean, this is the only one I've eaten thus far and it was bloody delicious. It's um, in essence, like all of, it's basically just like a perfect prawn toast but with this otak otak flavor. And I sometimes get a little bit annoyed by prawn toasts because I find that the ratio of prawniness to like toast is always off. I'm like, I want at least double of the prawn than of the bread otherwise it's way too stodgy and this was I reckon like over double prawn filling to bread ratio and then again it's deep fried and you wrap it up in this bright emerald beetle leaf and there's a bit of coconut cream and these very punchy little chilies on top it was so gorgeous and kind of crunchy and you get the herbiness from the beetle leaf and this real depth of flavor and a hint of spice just perfect perfect little mouthful and then later on in the week, I went to a restaurant called Goji, but that is not, you wouldn't know, 
It's spelt G-O-U-Q-I. And I had a lovely dinner there. The highlight was definitely the Peking duck. It comes over and it's like glistening, like a lathered up, like someone lathered up in like tanning oil or something. It was so shiny and delicious. And then they cut off like bits of the crispy skin and just serve you like these little chunks of crispy duck skin and a little bit of like sugar to dip it into. (laughs) It's like so gluttonous, but gorgeous. And then the Peking duck itself was just so tender and beautiful and delicious. And they do these uh, like dumpling, like kind of um, dim sum selections. And don't get me wrong, they were lovely, but it's kind of funny because you get like one of each dumpling and they're all different colors. And it's like this little rainbow box of dumplings, which makes sharing a little difficult, but they were tasty. So it's okay. And then I finally, finally got to Bouchon Racine, which opened over a year ago now. And it was like one of those places that was just, you could not get a table for love nor money when it first opened. Even now, like it's pretty hard to get a table at, but finally managed um, and had this gorgeous lunch there on Friday. It's just, you know, I get why it was so popular. I think it was so classically lovely. They're not, like if it, it's very much like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But I think that in a kind of, constantly oversaturated restaurant world in London in particular places like that are so needed and then when they do come around and they do do it properly just like really good French food beautiful wine list quite reasonably priced wine list as well for a place like this in a lovely setting with you know like friendly service I think that that when that is done well it just cannot be beaten and I think that's why Bouchon Racine has been so desperately popular and I think the new kind of iteration of that is the Devonshire which again you now cannot get a table at for love nor money started things off with a lovely egg mayo which was basically just eggs drowned in this beautiful mayonnaise with delicate little anchovies draped on top it was a very chic plate of food very delicious and then I know this is kind of maybe slightly boring, but my favorite was just this whopping plate of Coombs Head Farm charcuterie. Just really, really beautiful, beautiful charcuterie. And I think it's not often that you just kind of order this like platter of cured meat, but it was divine. And then we also had this really gorgeous babette steak as well. Yeah, just a really lovely, 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 lovely Friday lunch. And it ended with some great puddings, including a creme caramel, which I took like the most not safe for work video of. It's like jiggling in this video. And it looks, I mean, it's like literally like a dessert, but I don't know. I just felt like it looked so wrong. <laughs> Anyway, lots of restaurants this week, which does not tie in very well to this week's dilemma, but here we are anyway. From the bricks and mortar to the moving around, we have our dilemma this week from Glenn, who says, Hi Molly, I used to be so into street food and would always go to markets, etc. But in the last few years, I've really let it slide and hardly ever eat grab and go style food anymore. Help me get back in the loop and let me know where the best cheap eats slash markets are in London. Glenn. Well, Glenn. I quite like this as a question. I think especially at the moment when the price of everything is going through the roof and everything getting increasingly more expensive from ingredients to rent in particular, especially in parts of London where you're going to get the kind of footfall that you need to to make a yeah to kind of make a splash as a restaurant um, that's so prohibitive to to new people opening great places and it is often new people doing interesting stuff. 
you know, like pushing the boundaries, trying something different. And that's where the greatest restaurants kind of come from. It's innovation. But I think it's increasingly more difficult to innovate in London because of these like prohibitive entry level costs. And so a lot of the most exciting food can be found in these sort of slightly more transient setups in kind of street food places, in pop-ups, in supper clubs. This is also one of my favorite ways to eat. I feel like on the weekends I sort of avoid central London like the plague and sort of <laughs> stick to the outer boroughs. And every outer, every kind of residential part of London has its market. They are of varying levels of, of quality, but everyone has their market. Um, and I'm in East London and we have quite a few, so we're very lucky. And on that note, I'm going to kick things off with Amber, which is a stall on Broadway Market on Saturdays. All I can say is that I got a lamb pitter from them and it genuinely changed my life. It was so good. Like while everyone was up the road lining up outside pockets for 1,500 hours, I was getting this epic lamb pitter. Um, and they just like stuff it full of all the good stuff. There's this amazing chili sauce, a little sprinkle of sumac on top, and the lamb is just gorgeous, slow-cooked, pulled, a little crispy, super flavorful. Mm, it was great. And it's like exactly what a pitter should be and you never have to queue that long for it. Now I'm kind of worried that I've told you guys all about it and I'm going to have to queue for it, but it's it's really good. And I think Pockets is a really good example of the fact that there's such an appetite for this kind of food in London. You know, they were in Nettle Market, you know, just ridiculous queues every – they'd sell out all the time. And then that allowed them to kind of go on and open up a permanent spot, which I've been reliably informed still has fucking enormous queues. But, you know, good for them. My next suggestion is Decatur, which is more of a pop-up. So you kind of have to go on their Instagram or their website to find out where they're going to be and when. But they do basically Southern-style seafood boil-ups. And by Southern, I mean Southern States of America. So sort of like Louisiana-y type flavors. And it's basically just a massive pot of seafood and potatoes with kind of Cajun spices and all of that thrown in there. And it's proper eat with your hands food. Um, the last time I actually ate their food was at the London Craft Pier Festival, which is like, it's actually really fun and a really cool day, but just sounds so annoying, annoyingly hipster. Um, and they had lots of other like little small plates that they were kind of selling as well, which were great. Um, the food is just delicious. And I don't think, to be honest, it's a kind of style of food that you don't get that much in London. So it's really great to kind of seek it out when they do pop up. My next suggestion is Willie's Pies, which um, you can find in Nettle Market. And you can also find this pre-made pies in the fridge freezer section of a lot of good deli shops too. But I would recommend going to the actual eatery in Nettle Market. If you haven't been to New Zealand, you won't know this, but one of the kind of classic New Zealand dishes is a pie and they are better and they are different <laughs> than British pies. The idea is that you get one and you eat it with your hands. You don't sit down and have pie and mash. And it's a slightly different pastry exterior. And I've never quite been able to find a good alternative in London. However, Willie's Pies is fairly close. They sometimes do a mince and cheese pie, which is a classic New Zealand flavor combination. But they do pretty much every flavor combination under the sun. They are so good. I think they do sort of pulled like red wine beef shin ragu one i know they do a lot of really delicious chicken ones i think they've done a buttered chicken pie before like a curried chicken pie before oh they are so good and i genuinely think this is the perfect street food you just literally hoe into it with your hands it's like saucy and it's great and also if you're hungover there's literally nothing better than a pie on hangover 
And then I also think it's a really great spot to go on a Saturday or a Sunday because while everyone's being distracted by Broadway market, Niddle Market is there, usually a little quieter. Not when Pockets was in there, but now that they've gone at it anyway. My next suggestion is it started life as street food. It started life in Nettle Market. I realize a lot of these suggestions kind of center around Nettle Market. It's a great, great place for street food. These guys, they started in Nettle Market and then they had incredible popularity and they got their own little bricks and mortar place in Stoke Newington, but I'm still counting it as street food because they have like a few stools and a, a bar seating, but you're usually in kind of encouraged to eat pretty quickly and get in, get out, which is the same kind of street food ethos. Uh, it is Sonora Tuckeria. This is definitely, I think, the best Mexican food in London. They really know what they're doing. They make their own tortillas. The tacos are just incredible and so good, and there is a reason that they're so popular. They're only open from Thursday till Sunday, question mark, Thursday till Saturday, Thursday till Sunday, from like 12 till 3. Um, so over the course of a week, you have what, like a max 15 potential hours in which you can go and get these tacos. They're so good and so worth the schlep to Stoke Newington. I'm so gutted that they left Nettle Market because they were very close by and very convenient. And then my final suggestion is <laughs> – it's also my favorite name, Two Lads Kitchen, which is like an Afghan grill street food setup. I know they have a few locations during the week, but the one that I frequent the most is the Victoria Park Market on a Sunday. They make these grilled Afghan chicken wraps and the chicken is grilled over like charcoal fire and it is so beautiful and it gets a little sort of blackened and crispy. And they put them in these pillowy wraps with, you know, the kind of classic fillings, but then also kind of crushed up potatoes and this really zingy, herby sort of like secret sauce. And that flavor combination reminds me a lot of the gunpowder potatoes from Dishoom or like, you know, just gunpowder potatoes in general. And with that kind of char-grilled chicken and then the freshness of the salad and all of it in this wrap and it's juicy and saucy but not so much so that it's impossible to eat and mm, they're so so good yeah so I would recommend seeking them out as well and that is all of my suggestions so Glenn I hope you sort of rediscover your spark for street food to be honest I do think street food is one of those things where you just could go anywhere in the city and sort of follow your nose and it will eventually take you to some selection of setups of of people kind of cooking under a marquee in the street somewhere. So while I really hope you do take the time to visit these suggestions, I also recommend seeking this stuff out yourself, wandering around a new area and yeah, just sniffing out the good stuff. But yeah, those are my recommendations. I'm Molly Kodaya, and this is Restaurant Recommendations, or should I say, Street Food Recommendations with Foodism. I'll see you next week. Bye.